This is not your mother's middle age. No longer is waking up each day, living the wash, rinse, and repeat cycle acceptable. We have the life lessons, the relationships, the wins, and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way. We have been there and done that, and so we have so much to offer the world and each other. So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Welcome, Second Winders. I have a magnificent woman to share with you today. And I need to back up a little bit before I bring her on because I didn't know who she was. And about eight years ago, I had a charity. If you didn't know, I had a charity and it was called Pedal for Pets because around 40 years old, I had said, I need to help animals. And I, when is when? And at 40, I said, okay, I'm going to ride my bike and I'm going to ride it far. I'm going to raise money for animals. And then it became a spay neuter. How do I help? Because I had moved to the South and that overpopulation is a huge problem. And I wanted to throw money at the root cause rather than just the symptom. So flash forward, I, eight years ago, I'm posting, of course, trying to raise money for my charity and doing the things I do. And I get this lovely comment on the Facebook page from this woman, Evie Kettler. And I was just like, who is this person? She's so genuine. She's being so kind. She's like, you go girl, you got this. I was like, Ooh, who is this person? But I didn't really know. And I just said, you know, the little like, and thank you or whatever. And then as time went on, her name kept coming up in the circles of animal advocates that I was, you know, surrounded with. I was like, who is this person? I got to meet her. And I forget where we finally met. I go, oh my God, you're Evie. And was it in the car? It might've been, oh my gosh, it might've been in the car when normally I drive myself everywhere because I want that control to leave whenever I want. If I'm not having a lovely time. And I was convinced to go on a carpool ride into Atlanta to go to an HSUS meeting thing that I've never done. And there you are in the back seat. I go, no way. You are the famous, the infamous Evie Kettler. And so I, I was all about how do I help you? You were all, how about how do I help you? And uh, since then, I have handed my charity over to Hearts and Homes Rescue and they're doing fabulous things because I couldn't do it by myself anymore. They already had, they already had everything in place and their support systems and off they went with my 501. And I was so happy to, to turn it over and still help. And then I said, I'm going to help you, which has been sporadic because we live so far away from each other. However, I'm always here for you, Evie. But your story is so unique and the things you're doing right now in the present moment are so pivotal to the well-being of dogs, especially dogs right now. And um, I'm just so glad we did this pre-interview probably back in December and now it's June. And there just wasn't a good time 
And I think when things like that happen, especially in this podcast and the way the energy forms and everything, there's a time when things are supposed to happen. And I reached out to you out of nowhere and said, Hey, you ready to record or what? And you're like, yeah, now's a really good time. Boom. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's eight, it's almost nine o'clock at night. And we're like, all right, let's get this done. Let's get this done. So (laughs) welcome to the podcast. My very favorite person who's sort of my hero for the animals <laughs> for inviting me. Oh, you are so welcome. Oh my gosh, <laughs> thank you for taking the time. Because she has a full-time job too. And then on her side few hours, thousands of hours, she spends trying to help the helpless, the souls with no voice. So what I want to start with with you is the story of how your life kind of changed based on something you were seeing. And that became your passion, your life purpose, your, let's call it what it is, your second wind. Go. Right. Um, I was, I used to drive down this road um, because it was the way I had to go to check on my son's dogs because he worked a lot. And so I would go to his house and check on his dogs. And I noticed a dog on the side of the road that was tethered. Didn't even hit me that it was tethered. What hit me was it looked just like my dog. Exactly. I mean, and there are not there are not a lot of dogs that look like her. So when I saw it, it really caught my attention. Mm. And that went on for several months. So I saw the dog in the winter, in the summer. And after a while, I didn't want to, I hated to look at it. I used to want to look at it when I drove by. But when I finally realized that the dog was tethered, I started getting emotional, angry, sad. Just so many emotions went through me just watching it not live the life my dog was living. Mm. And out in the elements, right? And you're like, wait a minute, it's cold. It's raining today. Or yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even grow up with a dog. But um, I wasn't this real big dog person or anything. And I don't think I would have ever noticed that dog had it not looked just like mine. That's so interesting. I didn't even know people did that to their dogs. I never grew up seeing it. I didn't know. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't realize. No, they don't. Right. So what happened? So you're seeing this dog for what? This dog for about a year. Yeah. I hated it. I hated it. I cried about it. I probably said bad things as I was driving by. I would cover, you know, my face on the side because I didn't want to get the side view of it. I just didn't want to. And so I kept thinking to myself, surely that's not legal. You know, who do I call? Because most people don't know who to call about animals. And at least I didn't. And I went home that one day and I racked my brains, you know, who do I call? What do I do? This isn't right. And I called animal control. I looked in the, in the phone book at the time we had phone books. Phone books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is 2014. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the phone book. Somebody's got to help me. And I called animal control and I was not happy with what he said. What did he, he say? He just said that. If the dog has food and water and shelter, it's fine. Mm. And I said, no, that's not fine. 
Um, and, and I didn't even know at the time, I mean, I really didn't know a whole lot about dogs and, but just, you don't have to know a lot about dogs to know that what is going on is wrong. Okay. You don't or to see it and it affect you or know that it's not right. Yeah. That was me. I was just someone who was driving down the road, saw it and just could not handle it. So after that conversation, which was basically, he told me that if I tried to change the law, that I would be infringing on people's rights and I will never forget. Oh my gosh. So I hung up and I um, started emailing the city and said, well, I called the city. I said, who do I call about this? If you want to, you know, make something be, make it different. I mean, I didn't know anything about laws. I didn't know anything about city council. I didn't know anything about the government. I had not ever even voted at this time. So, so really didn't know where to go with this. I did like, who am I to think that, well, that it didn't even cross my mind that I was going to be affecting other people and that you, you just don't change a law because you just don't like something. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And so I emailed the government, the city council and the mayor. And I said the story about the dog out there and all the weather and how it affected me. And, and one of them called me, my city councilman called me and he said, you're welcome to come to city council. Did that start? Did that kind of start everything? That started everything. Wow. And I was like, Okay, now that I'm that I'm gonna do this, what in the world am I doing? <laughs> Which for you at that time, and when we go back a little bit in your story, everybody's gonna say, What? She really just stepped into it without my first thought was <laughs> not my first thought was not to take the dog. My first thought was not to to go and try and and um help the people. My first thought was this cannot be allowed and I want to change it, but I don't know how I'm going to do this. Right. Well, let's, let's, um, let's go back. Cause what's really interesting about your story is, you know, the non dog person being so emotionally drawn to this dog tethered and to the point where you're willing to, to take your time, your effort, I mean, you're a mom, you're a grandmother, you're a wife. I mean, ah, you don't have time for this, but you're, but you've decided, okay, I'm taking this on. So bring us back, Evie. Um, you mean to, yeah, to like how you grew up. You didn't grow up with dogs. Um, I had a cat here and there and, (laughs) you know, I, I was, I was from Texas. I decided at 18, I was going to leave and go get married and. Uh, 18 years old, left my cat behind because at the time I just, I never had a dog growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, then I became a single mom later and was raising my kids. And one of my sons decided he wanted a dog and one of the neighbors was selling her dog. So we got that dog and we had that dog for a while. But again, it was our little family dog, but I still wasn't then she passed away and I didn't have a dog. And then I met my husband of now and 
he, we went to PetSmart and he, we were looking at puppies and he got me a puppy. And I was like, I don't really know if I want this puppy because I didn't know anything about taking care of a puppy, you know, not, not a puppy puppy because the dog we had was already a little grown dog. And um, when that dog died, the one that your son wanted, were you emotionally attached to that dog? Did it affect I, your life when it died or were you just like, eh, whatever? I was, I was very sad. You were. But not like I get now. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I had a dog and she passed away. She was the one that my at my boyfriend, which is my husband now, at the time got me. Is that the puppy you were talking about? Yes. So okay. then she passed away at two. And that just floored me. My son says that's when I got crazy, but it really wasn't. So when did you get really attached to this puppy? Yes. I ended up, even though I could not potty train her for the life of me, she finally did get potty trained, but it was, it took forever. But anyway, we really close and I I was really attached to her. She was attached to me. She died at, uh, she had just turned two. And so I was hysterical. Um, I didn't go to work for too early. That's too soon. So my son said, look, you've got to have another dog. You are going crazy. Wow. So I got the dog that looks just like the dog that was on the side of the road. She, I still have her now. Wow. So I, I wasn't, I mean, I was what in my thirties, I was in my late, I was like 39, 40 when, when I got my own puppy and she eventually died. And then I got another dog. And since then I start, I mean, I began um, helping with uh, a rescue from Phoenix city. Um, the Who I got um, the dog that passed away at two. I started helping that rescue um, do adoptions. You got them through, you got the dogs you got through rescue. I have two of my dogs I have from rescue. Mm-hmm. Of them, which is Molly, the one that looked like the dog on the side of the road. She was born in a barn and she was a, she belonged to my son's friend had puppies. And he's like, we're going to go over there. He's got all these puppies. You just pick one out. And I picked her out. I never in a million years, even though I loved my puppy that passed away, I never in a million years saw myself doing this. Right. Or even standing in front of the mayor or the commissioners. That was nothing. I had never even, I didn't know anything about it. It was not in your radar. And you also told me. Was not. I don't really like to talk in front of people. Uh -uh. I don't want to be in that situation. No, I used to sit at the back of the room. Anywhere I went, it was at the back of the room. I never wanted anyone to notice I was even there. Uh. And so when I stood in front of city council, it was the first time probably in my life, but I did do research and I did, um, how do you dress? What do you say? Oh, what to go to city council? Yeah. But one councilman wrote back to you. You're like, okay, I'm going to go in city council. Ah, freak out. What do I, I do? Scared. <laughs> I was scared. And yeah. some are scared, but they are people just like us. Did you know what you were asking for? What were you asking for? Um, no unsupervised tethering. Okay. But yeah, that's that's the thing that's getting me with this dog, right? Yeah. Because it looked kind of neglected. That's all I wanted. And um, 
the first meeting went great. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be easy. What do you mean it went great? Um, they were willing to look at it and um, talk about it and, you know, see what we could do about it. Okay. And that was 2000, what, 15? March, 2015. Okay. All right. And it kind of drug on for a little bit. And I kept reaching back out and said, Hey, I'm still here. Um, where are we at now? What can I do? What do you need? And what was your ultimate goal, Evie? What were you thinking? I think I just want to make sure that people can't tie out their dogs just for 24 hours a day. Right. So, yeah. But to be honest, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just was a citizen, a normal person who just saw it. And I was just appalled by it. I just, I couldn't get it out of my head. It was like, why is this happening to me? I don't know how to explain it. It just takes control and you don't have a choice when this is what you're supposed to be doing. This was not my choice. Right. It wasn't. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't even care about, I mean, I was raising my kids by myself. So um, voting and all of those kind of things, though, were not things I worried about. Right. You, you, you had to tend to the tasks at hand, which was earning a living and raising your children. By myself. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Nobody would fault you for that. So when it happened to me, I don't think it was an accident. I really don't. I've always been this very hard-headed person. My mom used to tell me that all the time. And when I see and when I know something, I'm not going to back off. I'm not going to let go because I know all the material I've read, everything I've seen with my own eyes, this tethering issue, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's wrong. It is. And I have facts to back it up to tell me that. I knew it before I even knew the facts. Love that you did the research too. It's not like you just, okay, I'm going to go to city council and just stand there and say, Hey, I don't really like that. This dog's tied up. You went in with some facts and some figures and, and together and handed each one of them a packet of, you know, um, factual information. It wasn't just, it, I read, it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to pass based on your emotions. Right. You had to leave them out. Out of it got to be a business thing. Yeah. I, I you know at every meeting though, they were already used to me crying when I got, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. It's, Did it's you cry that first time when you stood up at city council. Um, my voice got probably cracking and you know, I was super nervous. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I didn't really know a lot of people in LaGrange cause I wasn't this kind of person who, who really, I was too busy raising my kids. Right. And so I really didn't um, know a lot of people. I was scared because I did read that you were going to see two sides to it. You needed to be ready for the other side. Wow. It was going to be another side. Right. Even though it makes no sense to us that there possibly could be another side. No way. Right. But there is. There totally is, which is so surprising. All right. So take us forward from that. 
that moment when you're like, okay, I'm in, I'm going to make this happen. And now you're calling them and you're saying, Hey, how, how's those, how are those discussions going boys? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So in the meantime, um, I had a news reporter reach out to me and say, you might want to visit Hogansville. They are actually talking about your meeting. Wow. And I was like, but so come to find out the Hogansville mayor, meeting. <laughs> the mayor had been at the first meeting I did. So I call him and I'm like, hey, um, would you please contact the city and try to get them to support this? Because I hear that y'all support what I'm doing. And he wasn't, he didn't want to do that, but he said, I want to invite you to our meeting. Mm -hmm. I was like, really? He said, yeah, I like the idea and I really want you to present it to council. So I did. I did in the summer out in 2015. Um, And by December of 2015, in the same week, they both passed the ordinance to be just the runner system and no more tethering to a single point tether. That's amazing. And I was, and someone said to me, do you realize what you did? No. All I could think about was that one dog, that one dog who even disappeared after a while. I don't even know where, what happened to it. Oh man. That's when you think, oh no, something bad happened dog and that one dog was in the county so even though I was passing it in the city it wasn't going to affect that dog and I didn't even but um I was just it was a relief but it still wasn't what I asked for in politics you have to be willing to compromise and it was either nothing or a runner system right baby steps right yeah so, all right. So you had some success. I have. And I still beat myself up because it isn't what I want. But I have. The city of LaGrange has been very, very open to change. I got a shelter requirement um, or definition passed. And it's one of the best in Georgia, I say, because I went through a lot of ordinances And I picked this one and it simply gives um, a definition of what is shelter, what is not shelter, clear definition. It requires bedding from November to March. It requires shade from April to October and no change whatsoever are allowed in the city. Um, No padlocks on dogs. That was a bonus. Yeah. Um, Got size enclosure on the first go round. So they have to be in specific sizes. They can't be in these little pins. What else? Um, I got the weight of the tether dropped from 25% of the body dog's body weight to 5%. And these are huge things. I mean, people in the East coast may not even realize what goes on in the South and the dog fighting that they may have heard with the, the Vic situation, but yeah. People freaking take these gigantic chains and wrap around these necks and padlock these dogs for so many reasons. Um, And one of them to be so no one can steal them. 
because they're fighting dogs, but the whole padlock thing and it's, oh, it's just evil. This is no other way to say it. Wow. I don't care what your beliefs are. That's just pure evil. Mm-hmm. So to, to have all of that stuff done, it's like, did you ever just say, I'm just one person. How did I do this? I do. Yeah. Um, one of my friends said to me, do you realize that when people call animal control about the tethered dogs, it's because of you? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I never, ever have looked at it as, I don't want an award. I don't want, you know, praise. I just did what I felt in my gut. You know, it wasn't right to to do this and it's still not right. And um, I, I never change it. You wanted to change it. And, and now I say, wow, I did that. Yeah. And I, but it took a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And a that's lot. what you may not understand is what you've had to go through. The pain. Yes. Yeah. So, so take us forward. So keep going. Where are we at now? Like you, you got that, all this stuff going now, what year is it? Now we're in 2021, but in 2016, the ordinance. Okay. So 2015, the ordinance passed in the city. So I said, wow, that I can do this again. I was thinking I'm going everywhere to do this. I am not stopping. So I decided I was going to go in my County where I actually live now. Mm -hmm. And, um, when the city posted that, the change had occurred. There was so many people that were happy. And I was always afraid, oh my gosh, people are going to find out who I am and they're not going to be happy with this. So I didn't share it on Facebook. I never put anything out there. I was very private about it. But when I saw that the city, the people were happy, I said, okay, it's time to just let everyone know that I'm doing this. And I went before the county commissioners in April of 2016. It has proven to be one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Five years later. 2016, I stood in front of the commissioners. Um, It wasn't until November of 2017 when they finally said no more tethering to a single point, it would be on a runner. Um, I was happy that we had made a step forward, but I was sad that it took so long to convince them that tethering is wrong. And, and then, so I got the shelter requirements passed in 20, I think it was 2018. And then I went before and it passed unanimously in the city. So I go before the commissioners and I'm like, okay, let's have the same shelter requirements that the city has. Mm-hmm. No. So if you didn't know it, the county dogs are different from city dogs. Oh, city yeah. dogs versus country folk. City mouse versus country mouse. So I was, I have, I have spent a lot of my PTO time. I have spent a lot of my vacation time at meetings, um, meeting with them, bringing them information, um, showing them county dogs, 
from the videos that I've taken myself, pictures I've taken myself that I've shared with them privately. Of dogs out on tethers? County, Mm -hmm. yes. And I have busted my butt to help, you know, in 10 degree, 15, 20 degree weather, building fences and in 95 degree weather, building fences. But when I ask them to help change the law, it's like, let's just make one excuse after the other. Why do you think that is? For people who have no idea why this would even be a sticking point. Why is that? What is the, uh, what is the other side? Um, excuses. That's all. Um, like what, why are they saying, yeah, my to be on a tether, you shouldn't care. The, you know, I honestly don't accept that. It's just so the mentality is we've been doing this forever. So let's just keep doing it. What it, you know, um, I, I don't know the, I don't get it. Um, it's outdated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, it's not well recepted. I mean, I don't know how to say it. It's not tethering is just frowned upon it. If you talk about it to someone, a lot of times people don't want to talk about it. You know, the people who are opposed to you, they don't, they don't want to admit that what they're doing is wrong. No, they want to change. They want to think about it. They would have to change their mindset about the animal and the animal's purpose and the animal's soul. It's almost like I felt like people that I dealt with in my charity didn't realize that animals weren't like a fixture, like a lamp, um, that they are, I mean, what's dog spelled backwards? Right. And animals are pure love energy. It just is a fact. So it's hard to fathom why someone wouldn't want the best for these animals other than it's how they were brought up. It's their mindset. It's, it's whatever that. But we're teaching our children. Yeah. That it's okay. Right. We're teaching our future that this is okay. And right. it, it's not even about me. It's not even about me winning. It's about this doesn't do anything for me. Changing the law doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't. I'm not going to get money. I'm not going to win an award. Um, I I feel like I've become the expert too because I see it mm-hmm. close, and I can't tell you of one dog that we didn't take off of a tether that wasn't suffering in some way. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit because you took it to another level because what you started doing, you said, I I can't take this anymore. And you once again, put your feelings and emotions into action. So So tell everybody what you started doing. I was struggling to get the law passed. I was, and I got to tell you, I think, I honestly believe because at the time my husband was stationed somewhere else. I was by myself at the house. And I honestly think I cried every single day Mm. um, about something about it. 
But I thought, well, I'm just, people are right. I'm not ever going to be able to change Troop County. So I might as well just accept it. Um, in my research, I found other organizations that were building fences. I didn't know anything about that either. I just found it. You just thought that was a good idea? You saw it and just said, oh, well, there's I, a way to get around this BS. Yeah, right? I was well, if they won't change the law, then I'll just help the dogs. And yeah. I it so I used to watch video after video of dogs coming off of their chains and just the excitement. And I wanted to live it. I wanted to live that day. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So I kept, I had a friend that I would tell that to. I'm like, one of these days I'm going to live that. I'm going to see what it's like to see a dog that's been chained be free. That's amazing. So, so how that, did you start that? How did you, what did you do? Did you just say, I'm going to go buy a bunch of materials and just kind oh, of see what happens? I started reaching out to the organizations and Fences for Fido um, gave me a lot of their information on the parts, the materials, how to build it, the contracts, um, you know, what you needed to do to, to start the whole thing. And um, so why reinvent the wheel when all I had to do was follow, you know? Yeah. And for second winders, we had Robin Budin on uh, a while back and she started the organization Unchain America. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's somebody I reached out to for you as well. But she tells a great story of of her her work, which is along the same lines. Keep going. Keep going. I'm struggling to get the law passed. So I start pause for change with the help of my friend I was like let's think of a name you know and she got sick and I don't even know what happened to her but with fact um she was the one that came up with the name and spell that out so it's pause with the number four and then change with the word chain in it and g chain c-h-a-i-n-e A-I-N-G-E. Chain with G-E at the end. Yep. And pause as in P-A-W-S. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds, I like it, you know, and that's where the name came from. It was her idea. We were writing names down and she came up with it. And um, so Fences for Fido. did donate a little bit of money to help me get started because I was just not, I thought if I start the organization, people will come. It's going to be great. I mean, look at all these videos I'm watching. It didn't happen like that though. I mean, some people think build a fence, but what is that going to do? You would be surprised. Right. Um, It changes everything. Not every single time. But you have dogs that went from living on a chain to living inside. And that one, that one dog is enough for me, you yeah, know, in part of the family instead of a fixture. And a lot of the people who we built fences for actually pay it forward and help with future builds. It's amazing. And so I've met a lot of good people. I've uh, made a lot of good friends from the builds. Um, Now I do know a lot of people in LaGrange and sometimes it's a bad thing and sometimes it's a good thing. 
Right. But you, you actually, you went out there and you got some volunteers and you started doing weekend fence build and posting it. You suddenly became this social media phenomenon. And I was like, always amazed at your, your presence on social media and what you were doing. It was just like, wow, she's a powerhouse. But I didn't even know you had a full-time job at the same time. I thought this is all you do because how do you have time to do all the stuff you do, have a full-time job and be this amazing advocate for change and helping these souls? It's truly amazing. And, uh, you, you continue to raise money. You continue to get the stuff you need. You continue to say, oh, here's another situation. I have to figure this out. You know, write, rewrite things, you know, get people to, I mean, you're always going to come across those people who are just going to use the charity to their advantage and not, and not actually get what they need to be getting out of the charity. Right. Kind of, you and I reached. Sounds worth the downs, the ups yeah. and the and every single time something really good comes from it, yeah, it gives me that one more reason to keep doing it, even though sometimes I'm just exhausted. Right. And, um, just disappointed that I can't all changed. Yeah, like I want to talk about that too, because but but you ended up you ended up going and getting this turned into a 501c3. Correct. And that's that's a ton of work having done it myself, that's a ton of work in and of itself. And that's amazing and trying to raise money. Right. And I want it to be bigger, but I do work full time. I do have a grandbaby. I do um, have grand dogs. I have to check on sometimes. <laughs> and I have my, my husband I have to take care of too, you yeah, know, by the way. I, um, yeah. So um, it's a struggle. It's hard. It's hard, but when you hear people tell you, you know, how it affected their life and how, you know, they see that what they had been doing was, wasn't right. And I even had one who became an advocate herself. That's exactly what did happen. Yeah. And when she, when we met, when we met, she didn't want to hear the truth. We do education. You're going to know why you're getting this fence, what, how is affecting your dog and how it's affecting everyone around who sees it. Right. So Evie, take me through, take me through, start to finish real quick. Like how, how somebody ends up with you at their door and then building them a fence. How does that happen? I used to knock on doors or we would knock on doors, but, um, we don't do that anymore. Because it's just too dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, going to how it was dangerous, but it, it is dangerous. So um, basically, I have had people, neighbors, mm-hmm. reach out um, and put me in contact with their neighbor who's doing it. Or I've had relatives whose relatives are doing it and they put me in contact with them. I've seen it and sent a letter in the mail to these people, you know, with a little doggy sticker on it. And, you know, here's a free gift for your dog. Um, Amazing. And some people will just reach out to me by Facebook on the page. Yeah, because they know you now. Yes. You had to get your name out there (laughs) in order for people to know how to find you. 
Yes. But like I said, getting your name out there comes with a price. Yeah. It's just like people are going to like you and people are not going to like you. Right. And um, so that's how they first, how we approach somebody. Either they contact us, a letter in the mail or someone that they know. Because be surprised. I mean, um, relatives will see it and not want us to really say anything, but say, hey, can you help my cousin or, you know, my aunt or something like that? Yeah, everybody likes to keep things even keeled. And we've been talking about that a lot lately on Second Wind, why why people enable and why why people don't say anything within your closest friends and family because they don't want to rock the boat. Right. Very interesting. But but so you start this charity, which was amazing. You start getting some money. You get a lot of press. You're getting a lot of people writing stuff about you in the paper. And you're still trying to fight the fight and you're going to city council. I've been to a meeting with you. You've got, you've got your little fan club now wearing the shirts. I started standing there. And now I think the last meeting had about 40 people. I never in a million years imagined that I would be here still, you know, and that these people would, and I'm so thankful for the people who come to the meetings because that's what it takes. It takes people. I can't do it by myself, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it takes a lot of support. And there are some a hand, certain people that I, as soon as I know I'm going to go to a meeting, those are the first people I start texting or sending messages to, hey, meetings at such and such date, will you please come? Yeah. I think it's just a matter of people assume that the right thing is to help the dogs and that they don't need to be there but that's not how it is I mean obviously you can see that every single thing that I have other than the trolley passing in the county everything else has just been shot down Mm. everything from padlocks to um having adequate shelter Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that, where you are right now, because right now is, is kind of a big, is a big thing for you right now, because A, you keep struggling with the same stuff and it seems to, I mean, you were telling me, it just seems like it's fallen on deaf ears and you don't really know how to, I don't know what else, navigate this. So tell us what's going on right now, because I mean, what people don't know is when we started this call and we, and we started to, before we hit the record button, this woman was in tears. She's like, this is, ah, how do I do this? How do I make this work? I'm like, pull it together. We're going to get it there. We're going to work. We're going to get the word out. You're going to get some support. Second wind people who listen, the tribe will rally for you. Who, those who, who love animals will definitely rally for you. So tell us where you're at right now. What is what is happening right now with you, Pause for Change, and what you're trying to do? Okay, so, I mean... Wipes her tears. Come on. <laughs> so... It's okay. 
Take a deep breath. The tears. How emotional you are. The tears are, they're for the dogs because even though so much has happened and so many good things have happened in the city, I have failed. I just keep, can't. So I went before the commissioners last year. They formed an animal advisory committee. It completely just on de- November, the on December, let's see, it was, it was right after the election. So right after the election, a proposal was made for no changes to the ordinance. <sighs> How could that be? Um, it was a waste of time. It was a waste of energy. It went nowhere. It's like they formed, I was there for that meeting. It's like they formed this advisory committee to shut everybody up. Well, three were up for re-election. And um, so when was the election? Was it November the 3rd? Yeah. November. Yeah. Whatever. November something. I try to forget (laughs) about it. (laughs) It is. I can't remember, but that same right after the, right after election, the proposal was made not to make any changes and it floored me. I immediately said, okay, we didn't do our job. We need to go back and, or we need to get more people on, let them remove themselves and replace them with other people. We were put in the position to make changes and we failed. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't even considered. So Um, I'm just right now, I hope to go back in front of city council and get a better result. And I'm going to work on that, but, um, I'm not going to let the county commissioners go. Um, I don't think that the animal advisory committee voted for me and a lot of other citizens that live in the county. And so I'm just going to continue to, um, bring awareness to this issue in our county. And um, at some point, I plan to go back in front of the county commissioners and you will be there, I hope. Yes, ma'am. It's not right. It affects, it affects people just like it affects those dogs. I have people that reach out to me about dogs. People I don't even know. I don't even know how they found me. And I mean, I just went to look at a look, try to see a dog yesterday because somebody's neighbor is tethering their puppy. Mm. So, I mean, we've got to do something. It's not, it's not right. So, I yeah, it's very, my passion is not going to change the law. I wanted my facts to change the law. And I have those. We have proof that this is not right. I have video footage of it. I have pictures of it. Um, what do you do? I mean, you keep rallying the troops and fight the fight because you're doing it and you've been doing it and we need people like you. You just, yeah. need, we just need to get you more support. Right. So um, anyone can do this. 
if I can do this, anyone can do it. I mean, people- that all the time, but you follow through, which it just proves that you're in your alignment. You're, you're in where you need to be and you keep getting pushed forward. Why do you think that is though? Cause I would imagine some, you know, you go to see this other puppy every day. It's something new. I know I had that with my charity. Somebody would send me a random message about, Oh, I have 10 cats and four of them just had kittens. Can you help me? And you're just like, ah, it's 10 o'clock at night. I wanted to go to bed. I can't because now I have to think about these kittens in this situation and how do I help them? And, and that's not even as, I can't even compare it because you are physically going and you are trying to help these animals you're physically seeing and getting emotionally uh, touched by, right? You can't sleep until build day until, and it takes, it's a process getting all the material, getting the volunteers in the day and, you know, what are they, what size fence will they get? Because every time it's different, um, dog is close to as close to them as you can. Not, I prefer fenced in yards. The way I see it, if the fence stays there, it's one less dog on a chain at that house. Right. You know, I'll fence everybody's yard just yeah. so they're able to chain up their dogs again. Um, so if we lose the fence, you know, at least there won't be another t- tether, tethered dog there. That's how I see it. Right. If somebody we, somebody doesn't do what they're supposed to do and somebody move right. or whatever. Right. So you're not going to go back and collect the materials to reuse them. We have before, though. We have. I know. Um, yeah. Some people surrendered their dogs eventually or some people have moved or some people have even built a fence fenced in their own and said hey you know you can have the kennel back if that's what it was um yeah we've recovered some fences but tell me what keeps you what keeps you moving forward why why what keeps you moving forward people want to know there are three dogs there are three dogs in my district that I see every time I drive into the city and they are on runners, but these families have not accepted help. Um, my promises to those dogs that I have to see every day, I'm not going to stop until they are free. Wow. Yep. Because this law, it, it gets in my way of, these people accepted my help. Oh yeah. Yeah, it does. So they, they're doing everything legal. So nothing they're, nothing they are doing is illegal. Um, I need that law to change so that they will reach out to me for help. If you really care about your dog, you would reach out to someone when the law changes, because I say when, because it will one day. It will. It will. Because you're fighting the good fight. You are. You're doing the right thing. Bad. This isn't bad. It's really not. So those three dogs. They keep you going. They keep me going. Oh, my gosh. I I can't hardly stand it. Um, There's one in particular that I do see. Every time I go to work, every time I come home from work, and I cannot imagine living like that. 
Uh, I've had experience. I had to pass this dog every day and uh, called animal control. I met police out there. I had other people go, people on the block I knew and everything we could do eventually. And I could, and I would throw him really cool bones over the fence. Super sweet. Animal control went out there, found another dog in this little kennel that shouldn't have been there all covered up like a hoarding situation. I don't even know. But what ended up happening was the person, the, the family who lived there ended up building a fence that you couldn't see through. But the dog is still tethered inside the freaking fence. There's nothing I can do. I know. I know. I left notes. I, hey, please. You know, it's the yeah. same thing. You just sometimes. They don't want help. You got to go for the greater good, right? I mean, so if I can't convince them to accept the help, then I've got to change this law. Yeah. Yeah. So they who would. How do people who are listening to this help you? What do we do? How do we get in touch with you? What, what, how, give me all the handles. Give me all the things. My phone number. Well, let's start with the Facebook page. Okay. Facebook. Let's start with your charity. Okay. And if they really want a phone number, they can go to my website and we'll figure it out. I don't want you to get calls. <laughs> I need hey, you to sleep too. I so that when you calls. go to the council, you can form a sentence. I get, I get calls all the time and I, I answer my phone. I know. All- but we do have a page, Paws for Change, and it's Paws, P-A-W-S, the number four, change, C-H-A-I-N-G-E. Dot I know. Is it dot com? That's my Facebook page. Oh, okay. That's your Facebook page. Right. Okay. And how do people go to Paws for Change to donate for you? Or there is donation a donor box donation link on there on from the very- okay and, um there is a i think i put the paypal link on there um i think i can't remember um but you can send messages there you know um we need volunteers we really do like to help because i do work full time so i need help you know I have someone who does the accounting, but I really need help with, you know, raising the money and coming up with neat ideas, uh, fundraising ideas. And um, I love doing the fence building. Yeah, I love it. Of course. Um, I love that part of it. Well, people I just, can go back on your Facebook page and see some of the videos you've done. Right. They're really, they're really fun to watch because it's such a, it's like a, a heartstring kind of thing. When I watch them, it's like, <laughs> you go girl. It's, it's good stuff. What would be the biggest, what would be the best thing if, if somebody's like, wow, I really want to help her. This woman's got her heart in the right place. She's doing God's work. What, what do you think is, would be the most important thing that somebody could donate if they're not living in LaGrange or Troop County, if they're in another part of the world or country or state, like what would be the we thing get, that would help you the most? Uh, Say it again. A lot of material from Tractor Supply and Home Depot. So even if someone just wanted to donate a gift card to buy the fencing, you know, or um, 
I mean, that's the biggest thing is the material. And I've thought about putting a list on um, our page of what, you know, we need. Um, I, we changed to the, the super tough fencing because it lasts longer and you don't have to continuously repair it. it costs more, but the fence is going to stay up. It's the one that they use for cattle. Oh, good. Yeah. So we use that now. And then your T-post and your cement and um, people can help in all different kinds of ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be at a fence build, you know, like just like cold, hard cash. Yeah. Yes. Um, One fence is around $700 if you build because we always do big fences. Right. No being a little bitty pin you know so we do run and play a little bit get some exercise i mean we provide dog houses cedar shavings dog food treats toys anything that that dog has never experienced is what we give them on their build day you even give them we've done some spay neuter We've done some vet visits for dogs that were ill. You've done all of that. So, yeah. So I think let you should ask for money and it's, it's a 501c3. So they can have a tax write off. Correct. Right. That's huge. We were talking about that. That's a really good perk for people because we're here on this earth to serve others, but others include, you know, dogs. I would love to meet people here in LaGrange who want to do this just as much as I do. I really do want to meet more people like that. Ralph is my side man. He, he is just been there for everything. He's one of my main volunteers. There's another Chris. He comes if I really, really need him. Um, So I need people who love dogs, who want to not just, not just love dogs, but want to help them. Yeah. And make a difference for their life. And that's what this does. It makes a difference for them and it makes a difference for their family. Yeah. You give them hope. You give them a relationship when you build a fence. You really do. Evie, what keeps you going? What's the one thing that you want the takeaway to be for people who have listened to this podcast? I think that up right now, (laughs) more, more people need to stand up in front of their city council and commissioners even if it's not for this issue, one person can make a difference. Um, if you see something that you don't agree with or something that you don't like or something you want to change or make better, then use your voice no matter what it is. And people, I tell people all the time who, you know, complain about it on Facebook, do something about it. You can, believe it or not, I did. I am a nobody. I stood up there. I put myself together. I stood up there and I said, this is what I want. And maybe I didn't get everything I wanted, obviously. But nothing would have ever changed in 2015. The dogs would still be on chains. Had I not just put my, I was scared. I was shy. I was the girl in the back of the room. Now I'm the one standing in front of them. And that's, that's what I want people to know that you can change things if you try hard enough. 
And it's okay to step into the uncomfortableness of it, like, to do oh, the right I, thing and just I, know that good things will happen and don't, don't, don't put the, the, the value on, oh no, I won't be able to do the things I want to do or, oh, I don't want to commit time or stop being, stop being scared of our purpose here on earth, which is to do for others. And even if, others. oh, even if they say no, you go back. Yeah. You just keep going back because that is our right. Yeah. Yeah. We vote for them and we have a right to stand in front of them and tell them what we want. And they have to listen. I mean, they're, I don't know that they're listening, but, (laughs) but they can't, you know, they're going to let you do that. They're going to let you go in front of them and um, use your voice. That's what I want inspire other people to want to change the laws. Um, I can't say that enough. I've had people reach out to me. I've given them material. I have um, given them the steps on what you need to do. Here's how you do it. Don't be afraid. Remember, these are people just like us. That's all. That's it. Cool. Some of them have bad information and grew up with some misinformation and you're just out there to educate and share and, and turn these, these souls into parts of the family rather than just a fixture or, or just a belonging, which is so huge. Evie, I, every time I speak to you, I'm just in awe. I am so impressed by you and your dedication from a non-pet person to a, a brave, brave advocate who keeps putting herself out there. I didn't you know, even. You're hitting a freaking brick wall all the time, but you're waiting for like that little crack. <laughs> and then gonna... you go right in for the kill. And I love that about you. You're not going to give up. And if anybody's thinking about helping, this is the woman you want to help. Along so, with Robin and other people who are out there just putting it out there every day. When the, when the law changed in 2015, I went by to see the mayor and thank him for breaking the tie. And it wasn't until he told me that I was an advocate that I even knew I was an advocate for dogs. That's I, I didn't know. I didn't know that's what you call it. And I... <laughs> He said, you know, an av- it takes an advocate like you with pe- your passion for things to change. And I was like, what is he talking about? What am I? That's how What's pure it? your your need and your willingness and your your desire to help is. It's just so pure. You didn't even, look, you didn't even went, know. Look, I got in the car and Googled it. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> and I said, you know what? I am an advocate. Really? And I didn't even know it. Oh. I, I was just doing what was put in front of me to do. That's how it happens. When you're meant to do something, it's just going to happen to you. And you're not going to happen. Whether you like it or not, get it, get in sync. Like the universe. Body and it takes over and you have no control over that. You just don't stop doing it. I can't control it. And I don't, I'm not a bad person. 
because I want to do this because I know the difference that it makes for people and for these dogs that are suffering. How many more are out there? Oh, that's not even thousands, millions. So we need to just, please, if you live somewhere where dogs are being tethered, stand up. Say, do your research. Call me. I'll give you all my research. But don't just do it. Because if everyone stood up in every single city and county, can you imagine how many would change their laws? It'd be amazing. But people are afraid. I was afraid to. I know, but you did it. You stepped out on the diving board and you jumped right on in. I'm still afraid every time I stand in front of them. I'm just a nervous wreck. I can't sleep the day before. You know, am I going to say everything I need to say? Am I going to forget something? Am I going to stumble? Am I going to sound stupid? You know, but when I go there, I want to be the one that knows the most in that room. Girl, I just love you. I love your passion. I love what you're doing. I will continue to be there for you and support you. And I hope that some second winders jump on board the EV wagon and, and uh, want to support you too. You're the, you're the real deal. You're the real deal. And um, your angels and God are with you. And I'm so appreciative for you to finally share your story. You were, you were nervous. You didn't want to do it. And it took like a few more knocks to the head for you to say, okay, I got to get this story out there. Cause I'm not, it's just, it's just too tough. Kind of stuck right here in this place right now with the County commissioners. And all I can say is pray for them because they don't know what they don't know to change their heart. I don't know how, but someone needs to change their heart and maybe prayers will do that. You know, yeah. they change their, we can't make this about um, how it's going to maybe interfere in someone's, I don't know. Um, we have to make it about doing what is right. Yes. What is the humane thing to do? So I'm going to keep pushing and um, maybe when the, the next interview will be that we won, that we, oh, we I won, that. you know, Let's put it in the books. That's okay. going to happen. We're going to, we're going to revisit and, right. and tell everybody the successes. And I can't wait to have that. Yes. That's in the book. It's okay. Getting done. It's getting yeah, done. I don't give up. Let's not do it. Let's not. That is not, that is not in my vocabulary. I love it. Well, I love you, girl. Thank I love you, you so back. much. We're going to put everything in the show notes. <laughs> and, uh, until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. 
Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.